Hey, thanks for joining us here at Broad River Church. For video messages and content, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow our Facebook page. Find us at broadriver.church. This is a great way to stay connected throughout your week, no matter where you are. Right now, let's go to our lead pastor, Kevin Mullins, for this week's message. everybody how are you today everybody good blessed amen I am too I'm so glad to have gathered in with all of you and I'd like you right away to to jump into scripture with me we're gonna go to Genesis chapter 32 um, and I'd love everybody to find it somehow maybe you're using an electronic device or you use the Bibles that are in front of you or down under your seat if you use those Bibles by the way we're on page 27 or maybe you have your own paper copy. Your digital device is fine. This is a church where it's okay for you to have your device out. Nobody's gonna look at you weird if you have your device out, so it's fine to do that. My name is Kevin, along with my wife, Jacinta. We are pastors here, and we're so glad that you have joined us this morning. You heard Diego talk about the Connect card, but we've been making sure that everybody knows that there's a paper version and an electronic version. Some of you prefer electronic version. This is a place, Broad River Church, where a lot of people have been helped and connected in a deeper way to their faith in Christ, and it's maybe the same for you. So if you'd like to know more about Broad River Church, or maybe even more than that, let us know more about you and your story. You can just text the word welcome to 860-362-3983. I think texting for many of us is probably the simplest way to connect today, especially if you're joining us in our digital experience. And like I said, it's fine to have your device out if you want to text that word to that number. And you can leave that up just for a few minutes so they can see that. We have guests in-house and join us on live stream today. Could we just make them feel very welcome? We're so glad that you are with us today, we have, um, I'm always honored to have my, my mother and father-in-law, Larry and Judy Glenn here. Why don't we give honor where honor is due to them? They're awesome. We're gonna begin a new little mini-series today, uh, probably a mini-series, at least this week and next week, uh, called Strange Scripture, looking at puzzling parts of the Bible. Uh, when somebody like me opens the Bible and reads from it, I think that nine times out of 10, the people who are listening don't hear what's being read as much as they hear what they expect to hear. And I think for many people, maybe again, nine out of 10, what they expect to hear when they listen to the Bible being read is like a nice story or an uplifting thought, uh, maybe a moral lesson on what it looks like to be a good person, you know, something uplifting. I think people expect to hear something obvious and maybe even something that's just a little bit boring. And because they expect to hear that, that is what they hear most of the time. One of the reasons I often stop in a lot of my messages and say, do you ever read the Bible? I'll ask that question. Is because if you really listen, and I don't know, maybe it would help sometimes to even forget that you're listening to the Bible just for a minute, because if you really listen, there's no telling what you might hear. Uh, this is why Jesus would say this very strange thing often. He would say, he who has ears... Let him hear. Well, Jesus, everybody has ears, 
right? He's not talking about deafness either. What's he saying? He's talking about the way you listen to God's word being read. We have to listen in a different way. Some of the scripture is strange. Strange doesn't mean bad. It certainly doesn't mean boring though. So I'm gonna read something I almost never do. I'm gonna read a very long story today, way more verses than I normally would. We may have to stop and take a breath. I'm gonna read the entire chapter of Genesis chapter 32. And as I read, I want you to really listen to the words because there's no telling what you might hear. Genesis chapter 32, this is what we read. Jacob went on his way and the angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, this is God's camp. So he called the name of that place Mahanaim. And Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother in the land of Seir, the country of Edom, instructing them, thus you shall say to my Lord Esau, thus says your Lord's servant Jacob, I have sojourned with Laban and stayed until now. I have oxen, donkeys, flocks, male servants, female servants, and I have sent to tell my Lord in order that I might find favor in your sight. And the messengers returned to Jacob saying, we came to your brother Esau and he is coming to meet you and there are 400 men with him. Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. He divided the people who were with him and the flocks and herds and camels into two camps thinking if Esau comes to the one camp and attacks it, then the camp that is left will escape. And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, O Lord who said to me, return to your country and to your kindred that I might do you good. I am not worthy of the least of all these deeds of steadfast love and all the faithfulness that you have shown to your servant for with only my staff, I crossed this Jordan, and now I have become two camps. Please deliver me from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him that he may come and attack me, the mothers with the children. But you said, I will surely do you good and make your offspring as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. <sighs> so he stayed there that night. And from what he had with him, he took a present for his brother Esau, 200 female goats, 20 male goats, 200 ewes and 20 rams, 30 milking camels and their calves, 40 cows, 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys and 10 male donkeys. Then he handed over to his servants every drove by itself and said to his servants, pass on ahead of me and put a space between drove and drove. He instructed the first, when Esau, my brother, meets you and asks you, to whom do you belong? Where are you going? And whose are these ahead of you? Then you shall say, they belong to your servant, Jacob, they are a present sent to my Lord Esau and me. Moreover, he is behind us. He likewise instructed the second and third and all who follow the droves. You shall say the same thing to Esau when you find him and you shall say, moreover, your servant Jacob is behind us for he thought I may appease him with the present that goes ahead of me. And afterward, I shall see his face. Perhaps he will accept me. So the present passed on ahead of him and he himself stayed that night in the camp. And now we're in the home stretch underneath in my Bible, a heading, Jacob wrestles with God. The same night, he arose and took his two wives, his two female servants, his 11 children, crossed the fort of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had. And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go, for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not 
not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? He said, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, for I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. The sun rose on him as he passed Peniel, limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the people of Israel did not eat the sinew of the thigh that is on the hip socket because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip on the sinew of the thigh. You did good. <laughs> Lord, thank you for speaking to us today. Thank you that no matter the many, many directions that we've come from, that you have a specific word for each one of us today. Thank you for the specific way that you view us and bring us and draw us. Lord, I pray today that, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in your sight. God, you're my rock and my redeemer. Please speak to your people today in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. I could have read several strange scriptures involving Jacob. Jacob was involved in some wild stuff in his life and you need to know a little bit about Jacob before we can get to what I think God might want us to hear today. Let's, let's talk about Jacob. Jacob wasn't the nicest guy in the Bible. First of all, his name means cheater. Now you have to find a way to get there and, and connect it, but that's what it means. It's, it's, it, listen, it's hard enough to be called a cheater and accused of being a cheater when, I don't know, you're playing cards or something, but if that's what your name means, he was a twin of this guy named Esau and born just after Esau was born. So second born and Jacob did not like that. Let's, let's talk about Jacob. One day, his brother Esau comes home from working in the field and he's super hungry. He smells the soup that J Jacob has been making and he wants some soup. Now, we could also do a whole series of sermons on Esau because he wants this particular soup so bad that more than he's ever wanted anything. So Jacob sees the opportunity. He says, okay, you can have some of this soup I've been cooking on one condition. Jacob says, in exchange for this soup, Esau, my brother, I want you to give me your birthrights. You can read about this in chapter 29 on your own time. We, we don't talk a lot about birthrights these days, but at this time, being born first, listen, it meant everything. Esau agrees to this crazy proposal. Again, we could do a sermon about Esau, but things, for obvious reasons, start going really bad right then between these two. Why? Because Jacob has stolen the blessing that belonged to his brother. Jacob, because of this conflict, has to move to his uncle's house far away. And when he's there, he falls in love with this woman named Rachel. There's some really strange scripture in that story. But bottom line, things don't go well at his uncle's house either. So he's forced to leave now his second home. This is about 20 years after he left his first home. And now he's leaving his second home. He's out on the road, having been forced out. And he finds out that his brother Esau... Remember what he did to his brother Esau? Right? He stole his birthright. He stole his blessing. Jacob's out on the road. In verse 6 of what we read, his story says that Jacob finds out that this, his brother is headed toward him with 400 men. Listen, Esau's not coming to say what's up. He's not coming to get reunited and it feels so good, okay? 
Jacob, all of a sudden, you'll just have to believe me now, fact check me later, it's there. Jacob's probably about 84 years old when this happens. So this is why I'm saying all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Jacob does something that seems completely out of character for him for the first time, at least that we can see in the Bible. Look at what happens in verse nine. Jacob said, oh God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, oh Lord who said to me, return to your country. Verse 10, I am not worthy of the least of all these deeds of steadfast love and all the faithfulness. Verse 11, please deliver me from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him. Verse 12, but you said, I will surely do you good and make your offspring as the sand of the sea. What's Jacob doing here? For the first time, as far as we can see, all of a sudden, Jacob prays. Now, you, now you know a little about Jacob, but a little... Honestly, he's like so many of us who have tried to make our life work out our way and even did things along the way we're not proud of. Maybe you were even manipulative and maybe you used people and treated people. This isn't a part where you have to say, man, you can just listen in, in ways that you shouldn't have. And then when you completely run out of options, you don't have anything less to, to lean on. You say, you know, maybe now it's time that I should pray and ask God for some help. That's what's up here. But as soon as he gets done praying, he goes right back immediately, immediately, immediately to his old ways. He doesn't leave his prayer saying, God, I've asked you for help. Now I'm gonna let go and let God, I'm gonna wait for you to do your thing. No, Esau's about to get there with his army. Jacob goes back immediately to trying to manipulate the situation. You heard this when we read it, right? He tries to bribe his brother with gifts. Did you see that? All the animals and stuff, what, what is that? Those were bribes. He, he sends his servants out with these gifts. At one point, did you see in the story, he splits his people into two different camps, basically saying, hey, we're just gonna cut our losses. If Maybe if Esau takes this camp down, we'll still have this camp left. I see this so many times in my life as a pastor. And of course, I'm not just pointing at you. I see it when I look at my own life. People come into God's house, as Devon was talking about, into the house of the Lord. And, and, and they're saying, God, help me. I'm out of money. I'm out of options. I'm out of ideas. I'm out of everything, help me. And then as soon as the prayer is over, they go right back to doing things the way they've always done them. Let's say man's, but I felt it, all right? If that's the message to you today, that's not the message for today, but if that's the message, that's okay. This is Jacob. And I want you to know about him so that we can understand this encounter that he has toward the end of the verses that we read. In my Bible, it's underneath a header, Jacob wrestles with God. Here's some strange scripture for you. Verse 24, and Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. He's by himself, leave that up for a minute. He's by himself, he gets attacked by this man. What the word says is man, but we find out that this man, as we read, is more than a mortal. Down in verse 29, we find out this isn't just some random man who decided to attack Jacob late at night beside the river. Jacob asked this person, please tell him your name. But he said, why is it you ask my name? And there he blessed him. Verse 30, so Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, for I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. Who is he wrestling with? This is God himself. For those who, of you who like to dig really deep, I believe in my studies that this is the pre-incarnate Jesus that he's wrestling with, okay? This is for you to check out on your own time. Now, this is strange. 
This isn't a boring story. I don't think when you're reading this story and it's going down, but what you're expecting is that Jacob is standing by a river. He's going to be attacked by a man, end up wrestling all night with God. If you listen, when you hear the Bible read, you never know what you might hear. Next week's message, by the way, is about bears, right? So get ready for like bears with teeth and stuff. So get ready for next week, all right? You had to know who Jacob was because I want you to see three things that happens when Jacob wrestles with God. I think this can be a help to you. In fact, you might write them down. Uh, write this first thing down that happens when Jacob wrestles with God. God breaks Jacob. God breaks Jacob. I, our theme for this year has been enter in, and we, we started this year talking about entering in to God's presence, entering into God's promises like we never had before. We used the story of the children of Israel wandering around just outside of the promised land that God has for them. And here, Jacob is standing by this body of water called the Jabbok, and again, you'll have to take my word for it, but he's on the edge, right on the edge of the promised land. And he's all by himself. You need to feel this to get it. He's just got done praying. As far as we know, for the first time, really, now he's all alone. And out of nowhere, he's attacked by this mystery man. And they wrestle all night. But we find out pretty quick that this, this man is, he's no match. Jacob is no match for this man. He seems to be holding back the whole time. Verse 24, Jacob's left alone. He wrestles with this person until the breaking of the day. Look at verse 25. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Once the man sees that Jacob is not going to be an easy victory, he sees that, you know what, the sun is coming up. We've been doing this all night long. He touches Jacob's hip, watch this, and cripples him. Huh. Man, man I, hope, I hope you get this today because it's going to change something long term for someone right here today in the next 12 minutes. This is a highly emotional time for Jacob. Like he's never prayed before, so you know he's emotional. He's trying to bribe his brother. He's trying to get his brother not to kill him. Dude is worried about what's going to happen in his life. He's fighting for his life. And don't miss this. God answers his prayer by physically attacking Jacob and bringing him to his knees. This is strange scripture. When you read the Bible, it's okay to go, huh? Right? Does this not seem odd to anybody else? Come on, turn to somebody close to you right now and say, this seems odd. Come on, tell them, this seems odd. If you're watching online, you can type that in there, right? This seems odd. Or maybe just use the question mark emoji. This is strange. Listen, this happens in our lives many times when we are at a point that we would call a breaking point. God will be there. How do we know? Because he's always there. But he may not show up in the way that we expect, and he may not do the things that we expect him to do. I mentioned this support group that I was starting last week called Support Group B. It's for people who have been angry with God. Why? Because you had faith for a certain thing and you told God, hey, I'll handle my side of the street over here, you handle over there, and then God doesn't do things like you told him to do. And so now there's disconnect and there's anger. I've experienced this. I know many of you have. Look at what's happening here. In fact, before God makes things better for Jacob, he actually makes it worse in that moment. Are you hearing this? Now, on top of everything else, Jacob can't walk. 
God has taken an action that has weakened Jacob and brought him to his knees. The Catholic theologian, Henry Nouwen, who I have a, a great appreciation about, he talks, he talks about how God treats his people like communion bread. I love this. Nouwen says this. He says, he chooses us, he blesses us, he breaks us, and then he sends us. This might be a difficult image for some of you if you're new to church. I can understand that. Maybe you're just finding out about Jesus, uh, finding out if, what the church is all about. By the way, we're so glad that you're here. This is a place that you can belong even before you believe. This is a little deep. Even before you understand an analogy like this, you belong here. But watch this. God chooses Jacob. God blesses Jacob. God breaks Jacob. And then God sends him. And it's not because God needs to show Jacob who's in charge. Listen, God has nothing attached to needing to prove to you that he is God. In fact, some of you have prayed prayers that go something like this. If you're really God, then this is what you're going to do. He's not responding that way because he has nothing to prove to you. That's not in the notes. Get back to where we're going here. Where are we going? <laughs> God doesn't need to prove that he's in charge of No, God, we like to say back in the day with the song, is good all the time, and all the time, what? God is good. So when he takes an action toward us, it's always for our good. So there's a point to God breaking Jacob, and it's because his breaking of Jacob brings him to a moment of honest confession. Look at the second thing that happens when Jacob wrestles with God. It's in verse 27. And he said to him, who's this? The man wrestling with Jacob says to Jacob, what is your name? And Jacob said, what? Jacob. The second thing that happens when Jacob wrestles with God is Jacob confesses his identity. Why don't you write that down? Back at this time, uh, parents didn't pick a name when they were naming their child that they just like, right? They, they, when they picked a name, it had meaning and purpose. Now, nowadays you might have a son and you might call your son uh, Justin because you want him to you know, sing and dance like the Beebs, right? He gets his peaches in California, right? So they, they the names at this time, you know, Pastor Jacinta's always trying to get people to name their daughters Jacinta when, they, when they're, they're born. Listen, if you want to do that, you can do that. People do whatever they want with names, but back at this time, they had meaning and purpose. If, at this time, a name mattered deeply. It would define the character of the purpose. I already told you what the name Jacob means. Do you remember? Cheater, trickster. Last week, we saw in this session with Jesus and the possessed man. He, Jesus only asked the possessed man one question. What did, what did he ask the possessed man? What's your name? Why did Jesus ask the possessed man his name? He wanted to see who answered. He wanted to see, will it be him that answers or will it be the demons that are in him that answers? This is exactly what's happening here. It's the same question. In fact, I might want to jump to the conclusion this morning that this might be a really important question that God asked everyone because God asked Jacob, what is your name? Jacob says, my name is Cheater. I'm the one who took advantage of my brother. And now in this moment, it's all coming back to him. I'm the one who cheated my father. I'm the one that moved away and I couldn't even make that right. And I tricked my uncle too. I stole something from my, my brother. I, I'm Jacob. I hear people in 12-step programs always talking about the importance in their journeys 
and others' journeys around them of reaching rock bottom. You ever heard this phrase? One of the things they have in mind is, is that when you are truly broken, when you feel as though you can't go any lower, it's in that moment you might as well be honest. This is about as low as Jacob can be. He barely escapes his angry uncle. His brother is coming at him. He's not coming to say hello. He's coming to kill him hard with hundreds of soldiers. He's suddenly attacked by this mysterious person when he's all by himself. And the question is, who is he? He's the trickster. That's all he's ever been. He's always ever been as a cheater, right? And that's all he'll ever be too. But actually... No, because the man that he wrestles with, who come to find out is God himself, watch this, gives him a new name. That's the third thing that happens. It's in verse 28. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with man and have fulfilled. The third thing that happens when Jacob wrestles with God is that God gives Jacob a new name. He says, my name is Cheater, but Jacob is given a new name. And with that new name comes a new identity. He is now Israel. I don't know if you know what the name Israel means, but it literally means strive with God. And of course, this is what a whole nation would become known as. It's the people that Jesus himself would come to. It's the people that Jesus would be born from. To this point, this is a man that only has gotten everything in his life by lying and cheating. All he's ever been about is pursuing his own happiness and all of a sudden he is the father of God's chosen people. In a moment, he's gonna have 12 sons that aren't just any 12 sons. These 12 children of his are the fathers of the 12 tribes of Israel. So if you look back, you can see that, this, that God promised this man named Abraham that his children would be as many as the stars of the sky. God promised his Jacob's grandfather that everywhere he walked, that it would belong to him. And all of a sudden, this was happening in the flesh, in the person of Jacob, who is now Israel. And Jacob's not any different than you. I thought about this week. He's, Jacob's basically living his version of the American dream. The American dream is not a bad thing, but it's complicated. I, I love some sides of the American dream. Other sides make me very uncomfortable. Jacob's living this version of out in his life, trying to get everything out of life that he can, no matter what it takes. What does Jacob's version of living life look like? Well, when opportunity comes knocking, he doesn't hesitate to open the door. It doesn't matter who he has to hurt in the process. Desperate situation, Esau, super hungry. Sure, I'll help you. Just give me your birthright. I wanna be blessed by my father and, and get everything that my older brother is supposed to be blessed with. Sure, I'll just lie to get that. I'm not gonna to get to marry the woman I want to marry. I'll just take what I want anyway and it has worked. He's got it made except that he doesn't. And by the time that he realizes that his life isn't working, everything is in danger. And by the time everything is in danger, God shows up and he makes things worse before he makes things better. And he blesses Jacob with a new name, filled with meaning and purpose. There was a promise made to Jacob's grandfather. 
it's a promise that, that hangs over my head this morning, and it hangs over all of your heads this morning. It's a promise that hangs over this church's head. Everywhere we go, it's like a, a banner that's hanging there, and, and this promise is this, through you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Why are we excited about Love Week? Because everywhere we go, there's a banner hanging over our heads that says, through you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. That's why we're excited about getting outside these doors. Jacob fulfills that promise because of this encounter by the river. I wonder if you've ever had an encounter like this. I'm not talking about being able to say, Yes, I believe it's possible that there is an all-powerful being that controls the universe. That's not a, I'm not even asking you right now if you believe in God or if you think coming to church is a good thing. I'm wondering if you've ever had an encounter with the living God. I wonder if you've had an encounter with the living God. I'm gonna pray in just a minute, and that prayer can be an entryway for some of you here this morning. But right now, I'm, I'm really asking you more simply, have you ever encountered God in a way that completely broke you of your pride? I wonder if you've ever had your expectation of what believing in God or what following God, I wonder if you've ever had an encounter that just shattered all of that. I wonder if you've encountered, had this encounter that leaves you saying, you are God and I am not, and your ways are greater than my ways and your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I wonder if you've had an encounter with God that brought you to a place of total surrender because that's all that God is asking from you. I, I just want you to know that all that God wants is all of you. That's all. I want to sing a, a chorus of this song I, I hear my mom singing right now. Can you stop playing for a second? Just a second. She says, all he wants is you. No one else will do. Not just a part. He wants all of your heart. All he wants is all of you. All he wants is you. Thank you, sir. You can play. The question that he's been asking you from the beginning of time, even before he asked, what is your name? There's a question he's been asking even earlier than that. It's the question from the very beginning of time. It's a question to all of you this morning is, will you trust me? Will you trust me? And it's okay to want to be blessed and it's okay to want everything that God wants you to have. It's okay to be stubborn about wanting God's blessing. Jacob was stubborn. He was determined to get that blessing from God. In fact, he said at one point, I'm not gonna let you go until you bless me. He didn't let go. He didn't give up. He didn't run away. And I've said some negative things about Jacob today, but one of the reasons he fulfilled God's promise is that when he was in the middle of the greatest challenge of his life, listen, he held on to God. So hang on to him today. Don't let go. Pursue this kind of encounter. God wants to show up in your life in a life-changing way. 
I'm aware in this moment that when we hear a story like this, this, one of the things that happens is that we start trying to fill in the blanks and say, okay, Pastor Kevin is saying that I am Jacob in this story and that I, I need to stop being stubborn and I need to surrender. And sometimes I might have to wrestle all night with God, but it's gonna change my identity and all of that is true. But I want you to know this morning that that's not the good news that I have to share with you. That's not the good news. That would be good news all by itself, but the entire Bible, since we're talking about the Bible, everything to the left of what we read about Jesus points to Jesus. Everything of the right of what we read about Jesus points to Jesus, and so when we see this happening here, what we don't first take away is that this is a, 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 an example of us. If we work hard enough, if we strive hard enough, if we wrestle all night long and we don't give up and we hang on, that God's gonna give us a blessing. That's not the good news. The good news is that there is one who went before us who did wrestle all night long that, that did come up against the greatest challenges ever and he did it and he accomplished it for you already he's done it see Jesus is the greater Jacob he's the true he's the true Jacob He's the one. I, I just want you to know that as we invite you into a relationship with Jesus, we're not inviting you into a, of a religion that says you can do it. We're inviting you into a relationship that says he has done it. It's already been done. Jacob was broken and and he wrestled all night long, and Jesus all night long wrestled. Jacob asked this question, and he basically said, I'm not letting go of you until you bless him. What did Jesus cry out? He said, my God, my God. He said, if you, if you would let this cup pass from me, I would love for not to come to me, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And he was broken. His, Jacob was touched in his hip, and Isaiah said that he was pierced for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of his peace was upon us and by his stripes we are healed. Jesus is the better Jacob. He's the true Joseph. He changed our name. I don't know what name you came in with this morning, but your name has been changed. You've been called redeemed. You've been called chosen. You've been called son. You've been called daughter. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, all of us, Billy, would you just close your eyes? I just wanna pray. Thank you, God, for speaking to us today. Thank you that we have not chosen you, but you have chosen us. Thank Jesus that when we were running fast and furious, as far away as we could, that you were running faster. Jesus, thank you that when we returned from all the things we were running to, you were standing at the end of the road and your arms were stretched out and you were saying, come here, just come here. You're my son, you're my daughter. Thank you, Lord, that you are the greater Jacob that you have accomplished, you have wrestled, you have defeated death, hell, and the grave. As we sang today, it's been done. Thank you, Lord, for the, the blessing that you have for some people here today. They're going to be able to see the breaking in their life differently than they've ever seen it before. 
Even right now, Lord, there's a revelation coming to some people that have been around here a long time and they've been viewing that breaking as something that, that they didn't think they could recover from. And now, Lord, we are seeing that, God, that you broke us not to keep us on our knees, but you broke us to prepare us to be able to confess our true identity because you wanted us to change our name. You wanted to change our name. Thank you for the name change that's happening here today. I believe there's some people that have gathered in here today who might say, you know what, Pastor Kevin, I've never actually even made the decision to follow Jesus and make him ruler and Lord of my life. If that's you today, I want you to know that today's your day. This is the most important part of our, our every gathering we have because right now you have an opportunity to make a decision to follow Jesus the one who came for you, the one who died for you, the one who laid his life down and was buried, but raised to new life so that you could have new life. I believe there might be some people that are joining us online that you would say, that's me, Pastor Kevin, and today, October 17th, 2021, this is the day that I make Jesus the Lord of my life. Maybe you've never done it, or maybe it's been a long, long time, and you know that today's a day for a refresh and a restart. The reason why we have our eyes closed today is because nobody's looking around and I wanna give you the opportunity in just a minute to lift your hand and let me know who I'm praying for and praying with. I wanna lead you in a prayer that you would repeat after me, but you're gonna say it as your prayer today. As we've been singing and reading and listening, you've just felt something tugging on you. I want you to know that, that is, that's Jesus calling your name specifically today. Thank you, Lord, for calling our name. Come on, if that's you today, nobody's looking around, nobody's gonna see this except for me right now. If you would just, just let me know who I'm leading in a prayer, this prayer to make Jesus the leader of your life, just by lifting your hand today. Come on, just lift your hand, if that's you today. Thank you, Lord God, amen. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, you can put your hands down. Thank you for taking that step today. Broad River Church, we have the privilege of praying along with those that are praying this prayer for the first time or maybe for the first time in a long time. Let's pray with them and just repeat after me, but make these your prayers, your prayer today. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for coming for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for your resurrection and the new life that I have in you. And now I give you my heart. Turn me back to you. Thanks again for joining us here at Broad River Church. Our heart is that you would come to know God.